Welcome to the West Point Church Podcast. Here you can find past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates as soon as those sermons are posted. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a good week. All right. Well, if I told you that God doesn't want you to be happy, I'm pretty sure that I would have some upset people in this room. Um, and, you know, I, it sounds a lot better just to say, God wants you happy. Um, and and I, I don't want to make the, the opposite point that God wants you miserable either. But I do want to look at what scripture really says, because I believe that God wants you happy is, is not the, the most important principle or the thing that, that God wants most for your life. And that's what we're going to look at today. And over the next four weeks, we're going to look at four different things that people believe that God said, but in reality, it's, it's not in scripture. Now this one, I could probably even make a biblical case that God wants you to be happy. In fact, if, if I were to cherry pick my translation and use half of one verse out of context, I could build a really good biblical case for God wanting you to be happy. Psalm 97, 12 says this, may all who are godly be happy. There you go. It's in scripture. You can ignore the rest of what I say. You can just take that one verse and say, I'm going with that. But, um, before we go any further down this path, I need to do something, okay? Because I get comments every once in a while that's like that somebody thinks that I'm, I'm preaching a message because I heard something about them and it's specific to their life circumstances. And this is not true, okay? I don't like pick my messages based on like what I think um, would offend specific people the most, okay? Um, I want you to know that because I, I really have had people that have said that before. And um, we, we've planned this message series. In fact, I told my staff about this two months ago so they can verify it that we were planning on doing this series two months ago. So don't get mad at me if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. All right? Can I just read a little disclaimer? All right, I, got, I wrote out a disclaimer for this, for this message series. The contents of this message are not intended to highlight any personal issue within any individual in this room, and West Point Church will not be held responsible for the baggage that you brought in here with you today. <laughs> the only purpose of this message is to give you a proper understanding of what God wants for your life. The listener does so at his or her own personal risk. Any similarities and examples to the illustrations that I will be using today to your own life are purely coincidental and the creative expression of the author. That's me, not God. These examples... <laughs> These examples may not be used to hold the grudge against your pastor. Past performance is not an indicator of the effectiveness of this message. Some offers are not valid in the state of Wisconsin. Some rights and services may not apply. All right. Are we good now? Okay. Just want to make that clear. I, I want to talk to you about the theology of happiness a little bit this morning because this is something that our world teaches on a regular basis. Um, just a simple statement. We'll start with this one. Whatever makes me happy must be right. And whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. I mean, there's even thongs, thongs, songs about this theology. Wow. Freudian slip. No. Okay. <laughs> let me, let me show you what I mean. Like, uh, clap along if you feel like a, oh, come on. You guys know it. Don't pretend like you don't. Room without a roof. Clap along if you know that. Happiness is the truth. All right, see, now we're doing better, right? Uh, 
Happiness is the truth. See, it's, it's theology. Uh, Cheryl Crow has a song, If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. If it makes you happy, then why are you so sad? Now, some of you are like, that's not the right lyrics, Pastor Paul. But you don't want to admit that you know that, okay? You know what I'm saying? All right? So whatever makes me happy must be right. Whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. Discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, inconveniences, and obstacles can't be God's will. One more, without knowing it, I begin to worship false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. When we believe that happiness is our ultimate guiding light, then we start to think of God like a cosmic Coke machine, right? We put in our quarters, our dollar bills. This is like 2019 after all, right? Cost more than 50 cents. And you press a button and you expect what you pressed to come out. And ultimately what that looks like in our own life is if God wants me happy, then I'm not, then God must have failed. He must have done it wrong. If I'm not happy and God wants me happy, then God has failed. And frankly, that's what some people believe. In fact, that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why... I, people tell me they don't like going to church because they couldn't believe in a God that would leave them in the situation that they've been in. Many have said, I've tried religion before and church just doesn't work for me. Can I tell you something this morning? And this might hurt a little bit. Your happiness is not the highest priority to God. Now, he delights in your happiness. He enjoys it when you're happy. And, and I'll give you this illustration. Uh, my daughters play soccer because it's the greatest sport ever. All right. And uh, when they score a goal, I get really excited. I can't help it. I know it's just like it, they're still young and it's just kids and, and they're supposed to have fun and they don't even keep score yet. But when they score a goal, it's like, yes, it's exciting to me. Now. If my daughter were to go and score a goal and then kick over the goalkeeper and stand over them and taunt them and like step on their head or something on the way and get a red card or something like that, now all of a sudden, I'm not so happy anymore, right? Because we have something else to address, address there. There's a behavior issue that is overriding that happy moment, right? It's not happiness at all costs. In fact, God doesn't want you to pursue happiness. He wants you to pursue him. And when you pursue him in that process, there will be moments of happiness. There will be joy in the midst of pain sometimes. But it's not all wonderful bunnies and roses and, and happy times. <laughs> There are going to be moments in your life that are going to be difficult. And when you, when you come to those moments, are you trusting God enough through that process? This is the passage of scripture that we're going to look at this morning in 1 John chapter 2. And it's verses 15 through 17. I'll read it now and then we'll come back to it in just a second. 
But here's what it says. Do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Just hear that really clearly. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. There's a few situations, two of them that I'm going to highlight this morning, where God doesn't want you to be happy. And, and, and here's what they are. The first one is God does not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something sinful or stupid. All right? There, how many had rules when you were a kid? Right? Like your parents had rules that you had to follow. How many of you have disregarded those rules before? And how many of you are liars this morning? Okay. Like my parents had a lot of rules. Some of them I, I understood. Some of them I liked. Some of them I didn't like very much. And um, when I got old enough to climb a tree, they had to make a rule that I wasn't allowed to climb the tree in my backyard. Um, the reason was that I was not old enough to do it in a safe manner, and I was going to fall out of that tree and break one of my limbs or something worse, right? So they had to establish that rule as a form of protection for me. God does the same thing for us. He puts boundaries and rules in place for us, and it's not so that he can lord over us, so that, that he can be in charge, so that he can let us know who the boss is, but rather he does so because he loves us and he cares about us and he knows what's best for our life. And just in the same way that we've ha we had to learn to trust our parents to provide those boundaries for us as kids, we have to trust our Heavenly Father to provide those boundaries for us and keep us safe and protect us from harm. Because we believe with all our heart that he has our best interest at heart. And I know sometimes we, we understand that in theory, and we believe that because that's what the Bible says, and we know that God loves us and all this, but, but frankly, sometimes we think we still know best. And we find ourselves in a situation that God never intended us to be in, experiencing pain that he never intended for us because we made foolish decisions. But not all pain is a result of your bad choices. Some of it is just the fact that we live in a broken world and there are going to be things that you experience in your life that will hurt you. Sometimes you even have to choose to sacrificially give up your happiness to pursue something that God wants for you in that moment. Now what I've found is ultimately you'll experience far more joy walking in that path than you would if you chose to do it yourself. But is your desire the presence of God or is it your own pursuit of happiness? 1 Peter 1.15 says this, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. We are not called to pursue happiness, we're called to pursue holiness. We're called to, to be hungry, to be like Christ. And sometimes that means giving up something that will give us that temporary satisfaction for something that has greater eternal significance. Now that's not an always, always an easy choice. 
But that's, that's what God has called us to do. Um, sometimes in order to do the right thing, we have to choose to avoid the wrong thing. Like, for example, how many enjoy, like, cake or pie or baked goods? Like, I mean, we have a, a bake auction that raises thousands of dollars every year, okay? Like, we love our sweets, right? If I ate a chocolate cake every single day, that would be a horrible decision, right? It might make me happy in that moment that I'm shoving that fork into my mouth. But ultimately, I'm... I'm creating a situation that is unhealthy for me. Or maybe it's like, ah, I just don't like my job anymore, but I have three kids at home and a wife and family that's depending on me to provide for that job. So sometimes you have to choose to just deal with it and keep working and keep grinding, even though it's not something you enjoy. Or maybe um, uh, my wife isn't meeting my needs anymore and you turn to pornography. Or... We're in love and, and, and we care about each other and so we're gonna just ignore God's rules about sex and the way that it should be intended for marriage. Or maybe it's, I'm gonna watch whatever I want because I don't really care about the content as long as it entertains me, it's worth it. Now, I, I've mentioned already today, and I'm not, not going to talk about soccer anymore, but I'm a huge soccer fan. And for some reason, there's this, like, major connection between, like, soccer fans, and they all love Game of Thrones, too. And so, like, I can't even go on Twitter without hearing about Game of Thrones. And, you know, and I'm, like, I'm even noticing, like, a lot of my Christian friends are, like, obsessed with this show. And, and you look at like the themes that are present in that. I mean, all of the things that, that we stand against as believers and our, and our rationalization is it's, well, it's entertaining. It's entertaining, makes me happy. Well, let me, let me just give you this little piece of advice. Go ahead and watch it. But invite your small group leader or one of our prayer team members, or one of our pastors to sit right next to you and watch it the whole time with you. And see if you're still comfortable and enjoying that show. See if that doesn't suck all the fun out of it. Right? Because frankly, sometimes we as people worship at the altar of happiness. And we spend all our time pursuing those things that will make us happy. Even have, uh, I have some friends that about a little over a year ago told us that they were getting divorced and we asked why. The response was, well, neither one of us are happy anymore. You know, when, when you made those marriage vows, the commitment was for better or for worse. But frankly, in, in the worst times, we've kind of chosen to Reject those vows. This is a serious thing because this is something that affects our entire world. God doesn't want you to make those choices 
when it's causing you to live a sinful life, when it's causing you to do something that's stupid, when it's causing you to do something that's harmful to you. But not only does God not want you to be happy when it causes you to do something sinful or stupid, but he also doesn't want you to be happy when it's only based on things of this world. Have you ever wondered why infomercials exist? I mean, they are the dumbest things ever. Like, <laughs> and the things that they sell. I mean, how many of you have seen the Snuggie ad before once? You, do you know why? Do you know why the, they do those Snuggie commercials? Because they actually sell those stupid things, right? Or miracle lotions, or um, blank, or um, like I mean, anything, even even like things that, that most of us have, the new phone, the, the, the new purse, the new shoes. Uh, if I were rich, I've said this many times before, I would buy a brand new pair of socks every day because it would make me happy, okay? Better possessions, peaceful circumstances, thrilling experiences, the right relationships, the perfect experience equals happiness, at least in our own minds. You know, the truth is that all of those things provide a, a, what we perceive to be joy, but it's a very superficial joy. It doesn't last. It's not satisfying. It's kind of like Kraft Parmesan cheese. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean for a second. Now, you may enjoy Kraft Parmesan cheese. I'm talking about the stuff in the green can. We'll, we'll loosely call it cheese, okay? <laughs> now, I, I actually read a book a while back called In Defense of Food, and it talked about how they make real Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, okay? This is like from Italy. They, the, the cows are only in Parma, Italy. If they're from anywhere else, like, it's not Parmesan cheese. It's not the real thing. And... and I, had, I learned in that moment I have never in my life once had real Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese. I've never had it. I've had Parmesan cheese many times, but I've never had the real thing. So I went to the grocery store to, to find it, and you had to go to the fancy cheese section. And I picked it up, and I'm like, that's why I've never had it anymore. It costs a fortune, okay? Like, it's crazy expensive. And, and you learn about the process and, and what they go through to make it and it has to be aged for 18 to 36 months and all this, all this stuff. And, and, and you understand why it costs so much. And then I'm like, okay, but if the green can is $2, what's in that? So I looked it up. It turns out it's wood pulp. They put wood pulp in the cheese so that it doesn't clump together. That's disgusting. You know what? I don't have a problem paying way too much for real Parmesan cheese anymore. Because the fake stuff doesn't hold much satisfaction for me anymore. All I can think of when I put it on my food is like, this tastes like sawdust. It probably doesn't really, but in my mind, it does. I've ruined it for you all now too, okay? There's something about the real thing versus the counterfeit thing, right? And once you've had the real thing, it's hard to go back to the green can. 
Once you've experienced the joy of the Lord, it's pretty hard to, to get excited about temporary happiness based on circumstances. So God doesn't want you to be happy. We've already established that, right? Or he doesn't just want you to be happy. Of course, he wants you to experience happiness. But can I give you a better alternative to just being happy? God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. That is a biblical principle. You can, you can take that. You can study that. You can learn it for yourself. It's absolutely 100% true. The, the Greek word that, that the Bible uses for blessed is the word makarios. And it means supremely blessed, more than happy. That's what I want to be. Right? Because then my sick circumstances don't determine my joy. In fact, the Bible tells us that we can consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Being, being filled with God's joy doesn't mean that you'll never get sick. Being blessed doesn't mean that you'll never lose your job. It doesn't mean that you'll never get a zip before the prom. It doesn't mean that things will always go your way. It doesn't mean that God will say yes to everything that you pray. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a nice house or a nice car or nice toys to play with. It means that you have something that's eternal that you can hold on to. That despite what your circumstances tell you, you can find joy in that. That's what it means to be blessed. It means that in the midst of your pain and of your storm and in your weakness, you can find peace and strength and joy. You know, I showed you that half of a verse earlier from the New Living Translation, which actually is a really good translation. I want to show you what the whole verse actually says. It says, may all who are godly be happy in the Lord. May all who are godly be happy in the Lord and praise his holy name. It's an illustration of a, a fish. And if you were to take this fish and put him on the beach, would that fish be happy? No. It'd be pretty uncomfortable on the beach because you wouldn't be able to breathe. Right? That's kind of a problem, right? But, but what, what, if, what if you gave that fish a nice lounge chair and some sunglasses, maybe a nice drink, nice beverage, you give him a stack of cash and a Lamborghini. Would that fish be happy in that moment? No, because fish aren't designed for the beach. And if you take them out of the thing that matters the most, they'll never truly experience that joy. Max Lucado says it this way, you weren't made for earth, Moments of happiness and joy cannot compare to what's ahead. Lower your expectations of earth, not heaven. No new car, new wife, new baby, or new boat will give you the joy that your heart craves. David said it this way, delight yourself in the Lord. 
and he will give you the desires of your heart.